Welcome to Red Carpet Retirement. This podcast is all about helping business owners and those in the entertainment and creative industries secure and protect their financial future. We provide educational stories and specific strategies so you can achieve the red carpet retirement you so richly deserve. Now here's your host, Adam Scott. Hello and welcome to Red Carpet Retirement with your host, Adam Scott. For you longtime listeners, here's the thing. Uh, Adam did a great job of recording multiple. It's it's a three-part series on real estate, which we're not going to dive into today, but you probably just listened to either the first or second episode of that series. But Adam wanted to record this and drop this right in the middle because number one, it's it's very interesting information and stuff that I have not heard before. Um, Plus, it's going to break up that real estate uh, run a little bit. So it'll give you something a little bit different to listen to. So make sure you continue with that series. Adam, it's good to see you. How are you? Eric, it's great to see you as always. And yes, uh, we are breaking up our real estate series, but please keep track of that. Go keep listening. And the other real estate uh, episodes will will drop to give you all the real estate info you could possibly want. But in the meantime, we're going to give you some, uh, we're going to talk to you about the dirty little secrets of risk management software or risk analysis software, I should say. Yeah, this this is interesting to me because I've never talked about this, never thought about this, um, and and I certainly don't know any dirty little secrets of it. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into this t- today. What? Why did you decide to do this topic out of curiosity? Hmm. So Eric, we've been doing some work on our investment strategies to make sure that they're appropriate, and yes, we use these risk analysis tools, but. As I use them, I'm very aware, and to be quite candid, I'm really frustrated by their limitations. And this is not a new thing to me. I've been really frustrated by the limitations for a while, and I know that they're almost designed to be misused and uh, designed to be used as a sales tactic, I guess. So you know, picture this. we got a prospective investor, John, and uh, John is looking for a new financial advisor. And he goes to meet with uh, his advisor, Alex. Uh, and it's a firm boasting uh, cutting-edge technology and unbeatable investment strategies. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's backed by none other than their trusted portfolio risk analysis software called InvestPro Elite. Oh, that's fancy. There better not, there better not be InvestPro Elite out there <laughs> because I'll be sued. I've chosen that name because I believe there's no such software. There's many other kinds of softwares which I will not name. But uh, hey, if there's an invest pro elite out there, I'm sure you're the best and this is not about you, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but in our in our story, that's the one that's used. Now, Alex dazzles John with a stunning display of, you know, like great charts and graphs and an incredible track record. It's, it's like a fireworks show, Eric, like celebrating financial success. Of course. Right? I mean, what else is he going to do? Right? <laughs> is yeah. he going to show how terrible his strategies are? Right. Here's a picture of a sewer. <laughs> this is where you're headed. <laughs> right. Nobody's going to do that. No. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. You were in the sewer, right, John? Alex says, but but here, come up to the stars with our fireworks yeah. display, right? But beneath the flashy facade, you know, lies this hidden secret of how uh, advisors can game the system and and make their portfolios uh, better. Okay. So here's the nutshell or whatever under the hood, as you've kind of inferred already, Eric, that Alex can kind of cherry pick investments. All of this stuff is backward looking. And now that I say that, that's probably made seem kind of, well, duh, that's kind of obvious to clients. But 
when John comes to Alex and Alex puts John's current portfolio, let's say from 2009 to today, and, and he shows Alex, well, this is what your portfolio's done, and this is a risk you've taken on because this is the amount that your portfolio has gone up and down. If only you'd been with me and been in our special investment strategy, you would have received much better returns over the last 10 years, and your portfolio uh, would have uh, would not have fluctuated so much. And since mm -hmm. fluctuation is considered risk, you would have actually have had a much better what we call risk-adjusted return over those 10 years. And uh, now, as I say, as I say that, it, it that may does that just sound obvious to you, Eric? That of course an advisor is going to do that, or may do that, or could do that with this risk analysis software. Yeah, I mean, now that you put it that way, because I, I never really thought of it as as cherry picking, right? But you're absolutely right. If he's allowed to, I mean, if it's backwards looking, which it always is, of course you know that Microsoft is going to do certain things during certain years. Of course, Apple's going to do certain things during certain years, and 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 GE is going to do certain things in certain years, whether it's positive or negative. You just you just pick the best of the best, and then oh well, here's the if you had done this with us with these tech stocks or whatever, look what you could have had, right? Well, yeah, that's a right. crappy sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the thing is, Eric, it doesn't come across like that because yeah. because uh, it is, and it's probably going to be a little bit more sophisticated than just having sort of Microsoft and Facebook uh, um, in there. Mm -hmm. uh, but although we're actually going to get to that as an example, but it is going to, it's going to avoid areas that have done poorly and it's going to emphasize areas that have done well. Yeah. And I'm talking about an overall investment portfolio here. Yeah, I'm not just talking about one particular, for instance, mutual fund. I mean, or that if there's a particular mutual fund, if you go to you know one of the mutual fund shops and they're talking about their growth fund, yeah, they can't fudge that, right? You can look up the performance of their growth fund and you can see how it has done, mm -hmm. right? But the question is that the different funds the different uh, the, the different sectors that the advisor chooses to illustrate in their illustration you have no idea if they were in those for the last 10 years or not that's yeah. that's the thing that you don't that you don't know and you can be pretty certain that they're not going to put in things that that stank that were in the sewer mm -hmm. um and the really troubling news is often the things that were in the sewer over the last 10 or 15 years that would make their graphs and charts look poor may actually be the things that are going to perform really well in the next 10 years. Mm. Yeah, true. Just as an example, in fact, we'll go back to uh, your example there of the big tech names. I was just running uh, an example in the risk analysis software. I decided to take out a standard position that's called VTI. Uh, it's It's a large position I just had that in the program, in the potential portfolio, it reflects the U.S. stock market, right? VTI is Vanguard's total index. It's the total index of the U.S. stock market. I replaced it with five positions, five technology positions, as we were just talking about, right? Uh, yeah, Microsoft, Facebook, Apple, Tesla, and Amazon. And guess what? The risk analysis software said, if I replace the total U.S. market with just those five positions, that I had a much less risky portfolio. So not only has my portfolio performed better, obviously, over the last 10 or 15 years, but it's saying I've actually decreased the risk on my portfolio. 
Okay. Um, that, that doesn't sound right at all. No, no. Because <laughs> imagine you did this. Imagine you did this 18 months ago, just uh, when, uh, when the market had peaked, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just at the end of 2021, and you go to see Alex, the advisor, and, uh, and let's say Alex, the advisor, is drinking his own Kool-Aid and actually believes, wow, look, I'm going to put in the top five tech stocks instead of the U.S. market, my allocation to the U.S. market. I'm just going to replace that with the top five tech stocks. And, uh, and he sells uh, John, the new client, on this strategy. John's like, yeah, wow, those five tech stocks, that's where it's at. <laughs> I wish I'd been in them for the last 15 years. Well, of course, 2022, those stocks fell off a cliff, right? Mm. Now they've come back a lot in the last uh, in, in the last um, few months. <laughs> Who knows if they'll f fall off a cliff again? Right. Uh, but exactly the wrong thing would have happened uh, when John, the investor, started put those positions in, in his portfolio. He would have actually had a really risky portfolio. <laughs> but yeah. The software was not telling them that. Mm. Yeah. Any questions around that, Eric? No, I mean, it's again, it's a great example of, of how, again, you just, you just, it's like a shell game, in my opinion. You, you, you show something on the shell, look, it's great. It's right there. That's perfect. That's what we want. And then, you know, when you go to pick the shell, it's empty. You, you got nothing. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, the troubling thing is that, that some advisors are going to, do this in all good faith, right? That because they're using the software, they're believing in the software. It, mm. it came out of a thing called modern portfolio theory uh, of where you're trying to get the highest risk adjusted return. But all of that is backward looking. But you know, a lot of advisors, most advisors who use this software, I'll say it's 50-50, but they're using it both in good faith to try to make less risky portfolios, but it's all based on uh, on 2020 hindsight. Mm -hmm. And um and you know the other fifty are using it for sales for, as a sales tool, uh, and knowingly or unknowingly are trying to show that their portfolio is better. But yeah. am I being clear there about the distinction? I, I want to yeah. say that a lot of it is used as a tool, genuinely by investment management firms to design their portfolios. Okay, and the and there are ethical advisors using this. I mean, there are ethical ones who use it wisely, but there are ethical ones who use it unwisely, who are too reliant on this information. Mm -hmm. And there's a there's a well-known phrase in the investment business, don't chase past returns, right? Yeah. Anything that's done well over the last 10, 15 years, as I kind of alluded to, to before, is unlikely to perform so well over the next 10 or 15 years. But this this kind of software seems to design seems almost designed to lead you down that path but it, adam correct me if i'm wrong this is just like you said i think you you put it best it is a tool and anybody who uses tools knows that you normally have a tool belt right that, that <laughs> all right you right you've got multiple things because you've got multiple things to deal with and so this shouldn't be the only thing that they rely on whether they do it in good faith or not this is just is just one piece of an overall larger puzzle Right. Uh, absolutely. And they've got to have wisdom and they've got to have knowledge behind it. And in fact, hearing you talk about the the tool and the tool belt, it makes me think of that plumber, you know, who comes to your house and the old story about the plumber. And they comes in with his tool belt with all the 
tools hang off his belt and he looks under your sink or whatever it is and he taps a pipe and he fixes whatever it is that's fixed and he charges you $250 and uh, and you say, $250 for that? And he says, no, $250 for the 40 years of knowledge for knowing where to tap, right? Absolutely, yeah. Or which tool to take out, right? That's right. So yes, there's a lot of knowledge that has to be used with this tool, which also brings me up to sort of you know the do-it-yourself investor who could also get misled by trying to use similar tools that might exist in the in the more retail market. So I'll just give a little example of how this how the past is not always the future, as we should know, but yeah. how this kind of uh, software can be misleading. I had someone I'm going to call a Patsy prospect came to see me uh, a few years ago, just before the COVID bust, I think it was. And Patsy Prospect was an elderly, an elderly person who depended on the income from this portfolio. And, and she had really juiced it up with her former advisors to get a very high income from her portfolio. Uh, do you know what's the flip side of a high yield bond, Eric? If you're mm -hmm. getting a lot of yield, you're taking on a lot of risk, right? Mm. So I looked at this portfolio. I thought it was very risky for somebody in her stage in life. And uh, and it was just a matter of time until the economy would hit a speed bump when it could uh, decline severely. And uh, I ran it through through one of these risk analysis softwares, hoping to show her this is what could happen in the next six months. You know, your portfolio could de could decline, you know, twenty five to forty percent. Sadly, <laughs> the software did no such thing. The the software said. You have a 99% chance of having less than a 6% downside over the next uh, six months. I, you only have a 1% chance of having a more than, more than a 6% decline. And I'm looking at this portfolio and I'm thinking, if we head into some trouble, and I think we're going to sooner rather than later, this thing is going to drop like a stone. And uh, then COVID happened. And I still had this and in, in my uh, uh, this portfolio in the uh, in the software, and I could see how this portfolio uh, imploded. This thing mm. imploded by forty percent or more, Jeez. right during during COVID. So this person who was absolutely dependent on this portfolio was completely misled by this uh, by the risk analysis software. Does that make sense, uh, Eric? Yeah, it's. I mean, she she came to you probably for just reassurance that she was going to be fine and she could continue to draw the money off. But if it's, if it's trying to just, I don't know, it's, it's trying to predict the future in a way that the software is, it, it cannot possibly know all the, the variables that are going to happen. And it's not that it's not going to happen. It's going to be, when it does it happen? Oh, eight, oh nine happened. I mean, you, you've talked about downturns in the market many times in this podcast, it will happen. Right. You know, we just hope it comes back, which it has. But it doesn't mean it's going to do it every time. It doesn't mean it's going to do it to the point where they're going to have all their money back. Because if you lose 50% of your portfolio and then your portfolio goes up 50% the next month, you're still down. <laughs> it's, right. not a, it's not a boomerang where it comes right back. Absolutely. Uh, but why, why does the software make this kind of error? Well, the next most important point is that the historical data that it uses is actually very recent. One of the well-known uh, software packages basically starts at 2010. 
So it's not even basing it on uh, yeah. on the financial crisis, you know, let alone the dot com bust, right? And we have had a very unusual time. I would almost say since um, almost since 1990 with the growth of technology uh, that we have had an unusual time in the stock market as especially with interest rates declining you'd almost go back to 1980 right from 1980 we've had interest rates drop we've had markets push up we've had some big things happen like the 2000 technology bubble we've had the financial crisis of 2006 but uh if those things aren't captured in the analysis you're missing a big part of the picture but even but just as much we do not this software would have to go back to 1980 or before to capture the kind of environment that we're potentially in now and potentially are going forward to in the future Mm -hmm. so why don't they You know, that's a good question. I don't know why why they don't. I guess it's it's difficult for them to get the data. A lot of the stuff has changed. A lot of the mutual fund companies have changed. Yeah, a lot of the indexes that people use, the ETFs, they they didn't even exist back then, right? By the way, I, I should give one caveat. It does show a scenario about how they will both have performed in the financial crisis. And it'll even make an attempt to do it of what will have happened in the dot-com. So you can look at these stress tests. Mm. And and that is of some use, right? Yeah. But it's but it's not necessarily, but when it gives you the risk number, hey, my portfolio has performed better and at a lower risk than your current portfolio, that is based on 2010 onwards. Hmm. Uh, All right. So to your point, Eric, about why don't they? And uh and that these programs are i would say primarily designed as a sales tool at least the ones that uh, that that uh, financial advisors and uh, and uh, wealth managers deal with i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater right if you're looking at some fairly simple things you're looking at your allocation of bonds to stocks uh that is really important i would say that almost the simpler you're looking the simpler a portfolio you put in, the more truthful and the more valuable this thing is. So if you're just judging a straight 80% bond index allocation with a 20% stock index equity index allocation, and you compare an 80% bond, 20% stocks to a, to the other way around, to say an 80% stock to a 20% bond, then absolutely, I think this stuff can be very valuable. Even there, you know, we're going to have a little bit like the future may be different or the future will be different. But still, I think to be able to look at the financial crisis or to look at COVID and see how did that perform? Mr. and Mrs. Client, John, would you rather be 80-20 or 20-80? How are you going to feel when when the COVID crisis hits? That it is valuable for. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see that. And again, it's it's part... You know, I don't want to call it speculation because I, I think that's a very negative word. It really is just saying, "Hey, look, we, we don't know what's coming up, but if something were to to happen, like a COVID, how would that how would that make you feel? We'll, we'll see how it would affect your portfolio, but do you feel that that's a good thing or a bad thing? And then they can make their decision. You know, not based on fear mongering or anything else, but look, this is what truly has happened. What if that happens again or something similar? Absolutely. And so I, I think that for the wise ethical advisor, it can actually be a great tool 
to work with a client and have the client look at several different scenarios to understand you know their approach to risk and what they're going to be comfortable with yeah really my problem is the way that this is used as a sales tool and mm-hmm. um and the way the business as a whole right that the business often is going to in design investment strategies that are backward looking and they're going to be supported by these tools um yeah yeah now that's again i i think i think you're spot on it's people with good intentions um, sometimes they just don't get it right. So that, yeah, that makes sense. Right. And just understand that we don't have a crystal ball and anybody who tells you that that model is going to perform that much better than somebody else's model. That's where I get a little suspect. If yeah. an advisor is trying to compare one of, you know, uh, several different strategies to you, they might use for you. Then I think it, it can be a valuable tool. All right, Adam. Great. Any, anything in closing today, or are we just going to give them some contact information now? I think my only closing thoughts, uh, Eric, are just make sure that uh, that you are working with an ethical advisor who's not necessarily trying to use the uh, the software to show how much better they are than some other advisor. Be very wary of that. But absolutely, it can be used uh, to choose the right path for you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, our uh, contact... Ma- Information is that uh, you can go to our website at wellacrewealth.com, wellacrewealth.com, and you can call us on 310-231-5262, 310-231-5262, and uh, you can email me on ascott at wellacrewealth.com. My friend, this is great, great information. Like I said, this is something I've never considered or even talked to anybody about before, so love the great info. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Red Carpet Retirement Podcast with Adam Scott. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Adam comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share with friends and family, and we encourage you to do so. That'd be great. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today. For everyone at Wellacre Wealth, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wellacre Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content should not be considered as legal or tax advice, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and consult with your own legal and tax professionals before taking any action.